This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Inside Access with Jason Lockonfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. Our defense, I think, stepped up. You know, matched them blow for blow and at the end, and at the end, and won the battle. You know, uh, our defense was incredible uh, throughout the game, but then to get to stop at the end as much as we had to. So uh, I was proud of those guys. I mean, I'd like to think of the names right now the D line. Uh, you know, the pressure that we got. You know, Russ Wilson is still Russ Wilson. Would you guys agree with that after watching him today? The guy made plays. So um, I'm proud of our guys, really are. There's a lot of heroes out there today. I was in that room. I don't know that I was yeah. nodding in an affirmation uh, about Russ, Russ Wilson. Wilson being is Russ Baker Wilson. Mayfield, and that offense right. struggles to score 14 points a game. So. On one hand, the defense did hold the Broncos to nine points and kept them out of the red zone the whole game. On the other hand, end of half and end of game, it's a problem, and it's not just from Sunday. And if the Broncos had 15 more seconds. 15, five, eight, one more play, five more yards. It might have been a different scenario. Well, they still attempted what could have been a game-winning kick, and it's not like it was from 70. Now 63 is makeable for some. So... That happened. They gave up points at the end of the half. And there's been a lot of kudos and attaboys for Mike McDonald and this defense. People talk about it like it's elite. I can't look at it till elite. Like, I can't put it in that category. I'm not willing to go there until I see a defense that can at least be Something less than putrid in special situations, and I mean close and late. I mean the final two minutes of halves, the final two minutes of regulation. And here are the facts, my friends. The facts are the Ravens have allowed 44 points in the final two minutes of a half or regulation. That is far and away worse than the NFL. Next closest is Cleveland at 29. The average team, 15 points. They're three times as bad as the average NFL team in the final two minutes of halves in games. Their minus 34 scoring margin in the final two minutes of halves in regulation. Worst in the NFL. 370 yards allowed in the final two minutes of half in regulation. Guess what? Worst in the NFL. League average is 160. So they're not just worse. They're more than two times worse than the average defense in those situations. If you want to look at advanced analytics, their defensive EPA in the final two minutes of halves in regulations, minus 28.5. Far and away. Three times as bad as any team in the NFL. They give up 6.61 yards per play in the final two minutes of halves and regulations. That's 31st. They give up 7.9 yards per attempt in those situations. That's 29th. Gentlemen, they've allowed six red zone touchdowns in the final two minutes of halves and regulation. The next closest team, Kansas City's allowed four. The league average is 1.4. So they're four times as bad as anybody averaged in the league. 
at that. Opposing fourth down conversions in the final two minutes of halves and regulation. Those teams are three for three. They converted fourth and five, fourth and eight, and fourth and 19. Opposing quarterback rating in the final two minutes of halves or regulation. 117.8. Third worst in the NFL. Four passing touchdowns allowed in those situations. Dead last. Big plays allowed. 16 plays of 10 yards or more in those situations. Second worst in the NFL. Only Minnesota's been worse. And pressure? Do they get pressure in those situations with regularity? Well, their pressure rate in the final two minutes of halves and regulations, 25th in the NFL. So you can sit back and play vanilla. You you know, you can rely on older corners who maybe aren't getting it done like they used to, Marcus Peters, in those situations. Or you could change something up. Because I'm looking at this saying there ain't no way in hell they're beating real football teams, real quarterbacks with real offenses twice in a row in January, let alone more than that, to go anywhere deep in the playoffs. Well, they got Sorry, it's a problem. Well, unless they fix it, yeah. Well, it's, it's it, bro, it's almost Christmas. Yeah. Like, the, the, if uh, I think the. If they continue playing like this, yeah, I agree with well, you. What just happened last week? I, I hear you. This is something. What that, happened the week before they, that? They can't ignore this. This is something that needs to be fixed. Like it's every you, week. If you ask Harbs about it and he, t- and he acts like it's not a big deal, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. It's, it's not always how many points you give up. It's when you give them up. Because if the Broncos would have made that field goal, we're really lamenting the Ravens defense, despite not letting the Broncos in the end zone and just looking at the raw numbers, they're ninth in points allowed per game and they're uh, ninth in or 10th in yards allowed per game overall. But this has been a consistent theme. You you got Miami blowing that 21 point lead. Josh Allen leading the game winning drive. Daniel Jones. Remember Joe Burrow led uh go ahead touchdown yeah. drive in that Cincinnati game. Lamar bailed him out there. Jacksonville, of well, course. The Jacksonville game, that the pass to Christian Kirk on third and twenty one stands out to me. Yes. Because you just like they couldn't be playing softer defensively well, on that. How about Judy? But, how about Judy three days yeah, ago? Forty but, yards. But that's the issue. We we What say, are we doing? We say for weeks third down defense. That's their calling card. Second and they're the second worst fourth down defense in football. And you give those three conversions, Jason. For the most part, when teams are going for it on fourth down, it's in the fourth quarter. So I would love to see the numbers even extrapolated fourth down conversions in the fourth quarter. This is a massive oh, I can issue. Look that up. They don't have. <laughs> we, we could solve that. Riddle. We can. They don't have a closer right now, no. Tim, where, where they have takeaways, they get that consistently. Maybe when Marcus Williams comes back. But, well, and, maybe and here's the other side of it, scheme-wise. Yes. And they don't, like Huntley putting on the cape. I know he kind of sort of did it against Denver. Yeah, like kind of, sort of. But, he, like, they're, you know, is, is he going to produce a 62-yard bomb to Deshaun no. Jack? Like, no. I don't think that's there. So this is even more incumbent on this defense to close out halves and close out games. And now we're getting crunch time. And this is a team that's really going to lean heavily on their defense right now. You would expect them to be playing a lot of close games mm-hmm. in this five-game stretch, given how limited this offense is. So, gentlemen, there's going to be, I bet, multiple more chances where the game's on the line in the final two minutes of the game, and this defense is going to have to come up big, or else maybe the playoffs are in jeopardy. Yeah, uh, well, I've got bones de- answer. Deja vu from last exactly. year. Exactly. Ravens defense in the fourth quarter and fourth down situations is second worst in the NFL. Exactly. Opposing teams convert 80% of the time. Well, yes. they, they they allowed two conversions to and Jacksonville 
two Sundays ago. And it's even worse than their whole average of 70.5%. So it's 10% greater in the fourth quarter. That's crunch time, man. And with how terrible they are in the two-minute, fourth quarter, it's damning, those numbers. We have a huge hump day Wednesday show. The Ravens get back to work today. T-Bone heading out to the castle today. He's going to uh, quiz Harbaugh on some of these numbers. See what he, who Coach John Harbaugh, see, see what he has to say. <laughs> that would be one approach. Well, no, hey, Harbs, <laughs> where do you think you rank in yards yeah, allowed in yeah. the final two minutes of halves and games? A. And I've got a follow-up. Where do you think you, allow, you rank in red zone touchdowns allowed in those situations? Overall points allowed, scoring margin, and opposing quarterback rating. I think he does it like pre-TMI. He gives him four choices. Is it A, first? Yeah. B, fifth? Yeah. C, second to last? D, four times worse than the league average. What would you you say, Coach? So uh, T-Bone's going out to the castle. John Harbaugh speaking to the media. So is Morgan Moses, Chuck Clark. And who Tyus Bowser, no quarterback speaking because the Ravens are going to go through this charade that Lamar Jackson is going to play Sunday. Yeah, right. So Tyler Huntley is going to talk probably on Friday. Uh, guest-wise, Aditi Kinkabala, our friend, now with CBS Sports, will join us at 2.30. Tim Murray's best bets at 3.30. Our weekly chat with former Raven Ray Rice at 5. And Jerry Dulock covers the Steelers for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He joins us at 5.30. Big show. We'll talk some hot stove. Obviously, the Terps as well. They were going to lose a road yes. game in the Big Ten. Like, that That happens. And now get a split between Tennessee and UCLA, and I'll feel just fine. Well, we'll see about that as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll dissect that one. Um, and we'll start kind of turning things a little bit more towards the Steelers. What do they do well? What do they do not so well? Inside access here on a Wednesday. When we come back, John Harbaugh met with the media on Monday. We didn't have a chance. We were busy yesterday. Didn't have a chance to get to much of that. So we will hear from Harbs from Monday. Before he speaks today, what did Harbs have to say about that play, the double reverse James Prochet pass? Well, he's going to tell you next here on The Fan. Inside access. Jason, Ken, and the third member. I'm Tim Barbalace. It's Inside Access. Oh, he's terrible. He's a hack. 105.7 The Fan. You know, everything broke down. Uh, it was just a bad play, I'd say. You know, it's one you'd probably want back. It just wasn't a good time for it. Seemed like a good idea, I guess, at the time. In some ways, there's reasons for that. But hindsight, just not a good call in the sense of uh, it was a bad play. It was too much, trying too hard maybe to happen with a trick play. You know, and really, that time of the game, it probably was time just to grind. I think it turned out to be a grind game. That was a finesse idea that just, uh, it's time wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't time for that, for sure. John Harbaugh talking about the double reverse pass from James Prochet, which ended up being a an interception thrown into quadruple coverage in the end zone. Ravens were in uh, field goal range inside the 30 when they called that play. And Harbs, man, usually he defends his guys. He was – it's obvious. If that's what he's saying to the media, Jason, Woo! I can only imagine what he thought of that play. Which, again, veto it. Yeah. To say, Don't let it happen. Call timeout. There are ways to – Stop that from happening in real time. Um, He's the head coach. It's, uh, yeah, for him to go on like that at that length about a critical play like that that didn't go their way. Um, yeah, I, that, I'm sure uh, th- th- there was a lot of interesting things being said on the headset yeah. right after Simmons came down with that um, gimme. 
And like he said it, right? It's a grind game. I got news for you. Every Ravens game is a grind game. There are going to be a lot more unders to come. There's this, including this week. Like the pace is not going to be. Uh, we 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 heard a week ago, Roman say, "I'm not snapping the ball fast. It's not happening." Now you don't want to snap it on one or two, but they're going to snap it under eight. Pittsburgh's going to be trying to do the same thing. It's going to be who can run the ball and who can score seventeen or twenty points. That that's who they are. That's at, what it is. At this point, you can't give up points and that was the longest drive for the Ravens up until the game-winning touchdown drive so you're getting momentum it's not like the first second play of a drive you're trying to catch them off balance you're at the 29 yard line and it's a 93 ball game at that point it it doesn't make any sense. And then James Prochet doubled down on dumb. Yeah, well, because he threw one in triple cup. He's trying to be a hero because he hardly gets any touches. That's why the play's dumb from the jump. And if it's not there, he's got to have the wherewithal to just run it or throw it throw away. away. But to throw it into quadruple coverage. Let's hear more from John Harbaugh. This is from Monday. He will be speaking later today. Uh, update on the Lamar injury, Harps. He's been through the MRIs. And uh, I would say it's kind of week to week. You know, it's going to be a weekly thing. So. As the week goes on, we'll see for this week. It's probably less likely for this week, but it's not impossible. After that, it'll become more and more likely. We've found out it's a sprained PCL. Some It has been said a one- to three-week injury. He is not practicing today. We didn't expect him to practice today, but uh, I don't think any of us expect him to play on Sunday. He's not playing. He's not playing. He's probably not playing the week after that. We'll see how much he practices the week after that. Like... It's not a one-week injury. It's probably not a two-week injury. And I think he's – it's the latter. If you're Lamar, why would you chance it? You don't have the long-term security at this point. Your rookie contract's about to expire. You you really don't owe them this at this point. I, I He's going to be as cautious as he can be, and they set that precedent, right, Jason? You mentioned that yesterday with Ronnie Stanley taking his time. He's the franchise. I do want to mention before we get back to uh, Harbaugh from Monday, one guy, two guys that are practicing today, Patrick Queen, and we'll see when the injury report comes out, but it sounds like he dodged a major bullet. He's practicing after getting carted off Sunday. And Ronnie Stanley, we'll see if he's full or limited, but both of them out on the field during the media portion of practice. So those are positives for the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the lifeblood of this defense right now is Queen and Roquan Smith with their speed, um, running around, impacting the ball carrier, um, helping that D-line, being that sort of link between uh, the deep third and the trenches. And they need they need both of that tandem right now. And you're about to face a Steelers team where Najee Harris, he's starting to get hot. Three of the last four games, he's rushed for over 85 yards. And I know that the Ravens' mm-hmm. rush defense has been very good, especially in the last handful of games. But all hands on deck Sunday. More from Harbs. Now, if Hunley plays, are there changes necessary to the playbook? Most people probably want to have a backup quarterback that's in the same you know style of player as a, as a starter. So if that happens, you don't have to change the the game plan too much of the playbook too much so we've done the same thing i think as most teams we just have a little different offense on a lot of teams no changes but the but the game will look different because as we've seen and we saw this this past sunday once he came in he threw one deep ball that wasn't close to deshaun jackson after that did not even push the ball down the field we saw that last year he did not push the ball down the field so one of the major differences much more short and intermediate routes in the passing game with huntley as opposed to lamar yeah um 
I, I think Huntley's going to read the game, as we talked about a little bit yesterday, shallow to deep, where Lamar is going to read it deep to shallow. Lamar is going to look for that big play first and then make adjustments accordingly. I think if Huntley sees something he likes within five to seven yards of the line of scrimmage, he's going to get that ball out quickly. And that's that's the reality. Their, their wide receivers average 5.5 yards per reception. That's, you know. In fact, the average NFL rush this season is 4.5, so you do the math. And it's really a rhythm offense at this point. Yes, it's exactly what it is. They're, they're going to have to be in third and five or shorter, or else they just aren't going to have mm-hmm. a high conversion rate at this point because, like you said, Ken, they aren't pushing the ball downfield. Harps talks about preparing with Tyler Huntley this week. Yeah, I mean, our players have a lot of confidence in him, you know, and uh, – I'm sure a team like the Steelers is going to be looking to, if he's out there, you know, and, and he's probably going to take most of the reps this week. You know, they'll be preparing for both guys, I would think. But, you know, both guys play a similar game. You know, we run the same basic offense with both players, so it's not really going to change anything in terms of preparation, I don't think. But he's, he is experienced. He's been out there. Last year he's out there for five, six, seven games, right, this year now. So um, that's, if that's the way it goes, that's the way it goes. We'll be excited to play, and our guys will be fired up. I do love the way coaches – want to try to get oh, other yeah. coaches to even take 30 seconds to do something that's not well, necessary. We, we played Mike Tomlin v- going on and on, very verbose about the the, ch- the unique challenges that Huntley presents. And like, Huntley. Yeah, right, and Huntley. Yeah. Got them both. Yeah. And again, I, I would just point out, last year when Huntley faced the Steelers, 16-31, 141 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. And there was a pick QB in rating of 37, so... Like, we can argue and quibble whether this year's defense with Pittsburgh is better than last year's and yada, yada, yada. But this is going to be a struggle. It's absolutely going to be a struggle. And it would have been a struggle with Lamar yes. Jackson. Yeah. Lamar's only played three games against them, and he's been abysmal in all three of those yes. games. You mentioned Huntley's numbers. So it's going to be old school Raven Steelers, low scoring, hammer the under. Coming up next, Aditi Kinkabala. She knows the AFC North as well as anyone. She's with CBS, and she joins us next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Two are on Twitter. And Ken is borderline creepy on the gram. Good news. I found your Instagram. Did you see the 90 photos I liked in a row last night at 2 a.m.? Inside Access. 105.7 The Fan. A little inside radio for you. We, I, I broke a little early because I know Aditi goes long, and I was thinking we have those World Cup updates, but no World Cup update because there are no games today. And then the computer froze when it was about to play T-Bone's or Nolan's update, so we had no regular update either. So now we're back early. We are efforting to get one Aditi Kinkabalo on the phone. Look at you just throwing all kinds of people yeah, under the man. bus. No, I'm, I didn't throw any people at the computer. Pulling down the curtain. Yeah. Just letting the people know. That's why we're efforting to get a Didi because uh, Stoney Ballone thought he had a, over a minute to get, get her, and then the computer froze. We usually sit around here and complain about how long the breaks are, mm-hmm. and then, then this happens. I will tell you, in the meantime, the Ravens have signed Thakarius Bo Pete Keys and Benjamin Victor to their practice squad today. Thakarius Bo Pete Keys was also on that Keenan and Kel uh, bit about the uh, college all-star team. 
I I mean, it's it seems rare that they put Key and Peel. What yeah, did I say? Keenan and Kel. Uh, Keenan and Kel is awesome yeah, too. Yeah, Key and Peel. Yeah. Do we <laughs> often see nicknames in official team tweets? Never. You do not. Never. Right? Very rarely. You very and especially rarely. not for a practice squad guy. So let's go out to the Ashley Furniture guest hotline. Joining us now, our friend Aditi Kinkabwala, of course, with CBS Sports, and she knows the AFC North like the back of her hand. And Aditi, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, it's Ravens Steelers week, and uh, no Lamar Jackson, it looks like, and rookie quarterback in Pittsburgh, a little different, but still the same, I guess. Um. Yeah, it, I don't... This is what Raven Steelers is, though, right? Don't you remember the uh, years ago? I can't remember what year. Jason surely remembers what year. The Steelers are playing for the playoffs. The Ravens are maybe a three-win team, and Ryan Mallett beats the Steelers. Oh, yeah. You don't think that the fans in Baltimore had a great time with that game anyway? You think there was a sense that, oh, because it's not Flacco and because the team is having a bad year, we're just not going to be excited? I mean, it's just it's the rivalry that juices something up. Even my son, this is funny, so I think you, I think you know this. I'm, and I apologize. That's my daughter. That's my two-year-old daughter snoring. No, Three-year-old daughter I don't even hear snoring anything, in the back seat. We're all for her? it. No, we're all no, for sure. We don't hear it, but we love ambient. We love a DD ambient sound, oh, okay. so we're yes. here for it either way. <laughs> in any case, my. Um, my seven-year-old, who is football-obsessed and who is a massive Bills fan, but who has Steelers season tickets thanks to his mom and dad, um, is not is a bit under the weather. You know, he's going to school. It's regular, but he's just not 100%, as no little kids are this time of year. Sure. And he's fighting to go to the Steelers-Ravens game this weekend. And I'm like, Nico, this is the start of the holiday season. We need to be in tip-top shape. You need to get some rest. Sitting outside in 44 degrees when there's supposed to be rain and it's going to be blah, blah, blah. I don't think this is the greatest idea. And you know what the kid slaps back at me this morning? He goes, but mommy, you said Raven Steelers is the best rivalry Mm -hmm. in all of football. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Using your words against you. Jerry, what are you going to do? Can't fight City Hall. I mean, you've lived this, Jason, right? Like your well, kids do this, his kids you, aren't sports they? fans. No, they are, but no. it's different. They're not really. They're not Football. huge into the NFL. Yeah, well, the little guys get back there. at you. Oh, like, that absolutely. That I was no, like, they remember oh, everything. Raven Steelers is yeah, like can't think, you know can't miss football, and yet, um, yeah, no. I mean, I, I don't think that it lessens the juice in any way. I think that we've seen so much out of Tyler Huntley that's so sort of promising you know you think about the end of the season last year and what he was able to do and obviously the Ravens didn't win many of those games but that had to do with so many other things they were in every game and I think that you know they're still in the thick of it they're still in the hunt they're still very much alive and and it isn't alive on a long shot in any way you know it's like full-on really alive no one is really truly running away with the AFC and it does give you that sense like okay what team is getting hot at the right time and then the Steelers well they're all of a sudden they've won two games in a row for the first time Kenny Pickett seems to have really grown up a lot and you know it's a home game it's I I don't think that there's any less juice to this no I really it's big it's big I, I get the sense that people are no longer waiting in Matt Canada's backyard with, like, sickles and lighted torches. Like, I I know he's still not the most popular guy in town, but obviously Pickett hasn't turned it over in a month. Um, The run game is going, especially when they get under center now and kind of, you know, go old school. And he's the kid's developing, he's managing games, and they're winning football games. Like, 
It's not I the prettiest thing in the world, but like it, scarier. But I think that there are people in town. I'm not saying that this is me, but you hear it from people like, well, if Kenny doesn't, I think the great Charlie Batch, who won another crazy game, just yes. yeah. back in 2000, what was that, 2012, 2013, 2012, I think. He was in relief of Ben Roethlisberger, had just had a six-interception or six-turnover game in Cleveland, comes down to Baltimore and upsets the Ravens. So, again, this rivalry is full of crazy stuff. Um, I, Charlie Batch was on the radio here in Pittsburgh saying, if Kenny doesn't turn the ball over the rest of the way and this offense looks functional, Matt Canada may indeed be back. And people were all, you know, you're, nobody's rooting for the offense to look bad, but people are very alarmed by this idea. People in town, I'm saying, okay? Right. I'm not saying, you know, I don't I, – I don't know. You know, it's hard. Kenny was kind of all of those interceptions early, those turnovers early, gave him a little bit of a tag. But I think it was eight, eight interceptions of the eight. Really, only two of them were dumb decisions mm-hmm. were bad throws. I mean, you had a bunch of Hail Marys. You know, you had a, a guy trying to make something happen, which in this town, you know, like that was Ben Roethlisberger, too. There are quarterbacks that will throw the ball away, throw the ball away, and live to see another down. And there are quarterbacks that will never give up on a play. And Ben Roethlisberger in this town for 18 years was not ever going to give up on a play, whether it was a dumb decision or not. And I think Kenny taking that chance—not that I'm saying he's Ben or that he's exactly like Ben—I don't think that this is a club that really is bothered by that because, again, only two of them were really wow. That was a dumb rookie throw. You know, so I think that the way that those interceptions were viewed as a statistic outside the building are different than as they were viewed inside the building. Aditi, Najee Harris really struggled at the beginning of the season, but three of the past four games, he's gotten over 85 rushing yards. What's led to his turnaround? Uh, Well, the line was all brand new, right? So, and I think that it's just if a line has potential cumulative reps, indeed start adding up and netting some kind of results. So that's a piece of it. I also think that early on he was seeing ghosts, you know? I mean, the guy was beat up more than anybody else. He was hit behind the line of scrimmage more than any other running back last year. And then you come back in and they allegedly rebuild this line, but the line isn't looking particularly good early. And it's almost seeing the same thing all over again. And I think as the line play improved, and I think as he got healthier too, because let's not forget, he was dealing with some injuries as well in August. It's so funny, guys. Like, it's never any one thing. Mm-hmm. You both know this. <laughs> but it's like people want a pat answer. Like, oh, Najee had an epiphany one right. night when he was dreaming. Or, oh, one day he woke up and he was healthy. It's just, it's accumulation of all of these different factors. And when the things come into play together... You know, and it's also, the, it's, this is always hand in hand. The pass game and the run game. When the pass game is a little bit better and you have to defend the pass game, well, then obviously that's going to open up some things in the run game. When the run game is a little bit better, then obviously you're going to be able to throw downfield a little bit more. And you've got a lot of young guys. You know, George Pickens is a guy that the Steelers rookie wide receiver who obviously came in with a lot of excitement. But this isn't a guy like Martavis Bryant, who, if you remember that name, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What did he have? He had something ridiculous, like 10 touchdowns in his first six appearances, you know, whatever. It wasn't something like that. It wasn't Shamar Chase, but he is a guy that, excepting last week, when obviously he was very unhappy with his targets, um, you know, he has been getting better too, and that has demanded further respect from defenses. 
We're talking to a DD king. And, the, and oh. the defense. Oh, my gosh. And the defense. P.S. The Steelers' defense, which is the highest-paid defense in the NFL and has been the most grossly underperforming unit, arguably, in the entire National Football League, is suddenly playing better. We're talking to Aditi Kinkabalitz inside access here on the fan. Aditi, you, you mentioned the defense, and the Ravens just faced a Denver team that didn't have a good pass rush, but they were fooling everybody on Sunday because the pass rush was working. Part of that was the Ravens' line was uh, bad in, in that game. How's the Steelers' pass rush? Uh, obviously, T.J. Watt back, Highsmith having a nice year. Highsmith is having a monster year, and I think that that deserves a lot of credit because early in the season there was no T.J., to draw offenses attention. And so Cam Hayward was facing, you know, basically a triple team on every play and Alex Highsmith was getting chipped on every play and yet battling through all of that. I mean, he's, He's taken a very significant leap. He's a guy who came in out of Charlotte and was just a sponge. I mean, I remember former defensive coordinator Keith Butler, the very first conversation I had with him about Alex Highsmith, he said, you only have to tell him once. And he's just very, very studious. I mean, he's a guy who went to college to be an engineer. You know, like he is very, very committed to being as good as he can be, to learning, to soaking up things from older teammates. I think he's having a great year. I think that TJ two weeks ago just didn't look right to me all these games are running together now yeah two weeks ago monday night football just didn't look right but i think he was better this past week and again he's missed so much of the season so there's so much of that too but the Steelers definitely you know the the back end has been spotty there's something to be guys you just throw it all out the window when it's raven Steelers. (laughs) yeah yeah. I mean, you really do. Like, we could sit here and we can break down what's this matchup versus this matchup. What do you think about Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey against these guys? And do you, if Deontay Johnson is prone to drops, do you want a guy who's really good at punching the ball out like Marlon Humphrey on him? Or why even bother? Because he's prone to drops anyway. None of that matters. Like, it just, it just, just doesn't. Raven Steelers just is an animal of its own. There's nothing particularly predictable about it. And. Thank goodness my son is in second grade and not listening to the radio right now. <laughs> um, uh, where are we on the Cincinnati Bengals? Are they the best team in the AFC? Could they could they go back to the Super Bowl? Um, I don't know. I think that that's very, very hard. As you know, multiple years in a row. Sure. I still really like the Bills defense a lot. I still really, really... It's hard to ever say, okay, I'm going to put Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid out of any conversation. I mean, the Bengals are certainly playing better. Didn't it look early in the year as if maybe there was a little bit of a hangover? Sure. Which is what you warn against. But, again, you don't want to be playing your best football in September. You want to feel like you're getting better each and every week. And I think this is interesting because the Browns are, what, 6-0 and against the Bengals in the last six meetings? Joe Burrow's never beat them. And that's kind of one of those like, okay, so last year, week 17, the Bengals basically sat everybody because it was before the playoffs and they allegedly had a lot of COVID cases. And then the game before that, when Cleveland came into Cincinnati was the Odell Beckham Jr. week and the game opened with Denzel Ward having a 99-yard pick six. And that sort of shifts momentum in every way and sucks the life out of a stadium and 
we could do that and say each one is its own individual entity. But when there have been six in a row, it sort of makes you think, well, that's an interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, of course, I don't think that Deshaun Watson, I mean, look, I was that, that was my game. I was on the sideline for the Deshaun Watson return, and oh boy, did he look like a man who hasn't played football in mm-hmm. 700 days. And I don't know how quickly you knock the rust off. I mean, I don't know that you knock 700 days of rust off in one week. Um, but the Browns' defense is finally healthier and playing significantly better. They had two defensive touchdowns, and they had a special teams touchdown, which is a nice splash play, too. And the Browns' defense has been a nice matchup against the Bengals, traditionally, historically, whatever, however you want to say it. You know, and you think about the great pass catchers that the Bengals have. Well, the Browns, when they're healthy on the back end, do have a hell of a back end. I mean, you've got Greg Newsom, who's a great young corner, who's your slot corner. I don't know, the Tyler Boyd. Name me another slot corner that Tyler Boyd faces that's as physical and tough and heady and smart as Greg Newsom. Well, if Marlon goes Yeah, I was going to say Marlon, maybe when they put him inside, but yeah. But does Marlon play inside exclusively? No. 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 I don't know that they want Marlon or Jamar Chase anymore. Though. So <laughs> yeah. Marlon against the Bengals in the slot might be the yeah. way to go. But no, I hear you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just it, it's interesting, and that that's what I mean. Like, it's not just a walkover with the Bengals. But I don't know who's like. I still like the Bills the most in the AFC. Okay, Aditi, where are you this weekend? I'm actually home, guys. Oh, I don't have a game this week. Good oh, for you. Bye week. Good for you. Bye week for Aditi ones. as well. Well, as well, o- you know, I came home Sunday night from Houston to a three-year-old who was puking everywhere oh, all geez. night long. Nice. And, um, yeah, been managing the fever for three days, uh, no school, all of that. So I need a weekend. Actually, I might need a weekend of work just to get away. Oh, there you <laughs> go. My husband <laughs> might divorce me. So. Uh, it all kind of works out the way that it's supposed to work out. Well, Aditi, thank you as thank always you. for your time. Happy holidays to Safe you and your family. when you're back out. Thank you. Miss you yep. guys. Miss Likewise. you. Aditi Kinkabala from CBS. Hey, coming up next is TMI with TIM and T-Bone. What you got? It's been a while since we've heard from Big Ben on his podcast, Footballin'. Footballin'. And don't worry. Ben's got some spicy takes about Mac Canada. Marquise Pouncey had some things to say about watching the Steelers or not really watching them since Ben retired. And Mac Canada, Ben takes a shot on him, but you mentioned it, Jason. Is Mac Canada maybe winning back some of the fan base? We're going to get into that next on Inside Access. Inside Access. Hot takes from the guy behind the glass. I'm in a glass case of emotion. TMI with TIM. TMI. TMI, my friends. Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. It's T-Bone time. TMI with TIM. And the floor is yours. Well, Big Ben made some news over the weekend with his podcast, James Harrison and if you don't know, footballing, he's up to episode 15, I believe. It's his good buddy Spence. Oh, a, I miss Spence. And a rotating cast of characters. And Ben's like drinking beer and watching these games and live commenting. And 
We just had a Didi Kinkabwala on, and she referenced George Pickens. He only had one catch. Yeah. And, and Ben was popping off. Uh, he got a catch for two yards. He said, I guarantee what just happened. This is a prototypical offensive coordinator trying to keep a guy happy. They threw him a three-yard pass to keep him happy. We would do that back when I played. So thought it was time to bring up some best clips. And... We'll start with this. His prior episode, he was with Marquise Pouncey, and I was unaware of this controversy. I guess it was after the Steelers knocked off the Bucks, Mitch Trubisky, and you could see Chris Boswell when they're walking into the tunnel saying it ain't because of you, and I guess Steelers fans thought it was about Mitch Trubisky. But Big Ben thinks it was about someone else. I just like, I'm I love a big Oz fan too, of Oz. I love Oz too. Well, how about, how, how about him yelling, uh, you didn't like when you yelled at Trubisky? You didn't, you didn't score that touchdown that way. Or you didn't win the game. Remember he said that? I said, come on, Boz. Boz did You didn't see that uh-huh. when they came inside the, uh, the locker room? Oh. I said, Boz, you know you was on camera. Oh, they blocked it. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, And he iced him. You know Boz didn't say that to him. No, nah, he didn't say it, Boz. You, you know who he was that. talking to. Cool. Uh, Matt? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I can't confirm tonight. We knew I was going to say that because I've just been shot out the whole time. It's a big Ben. He can't help himself. Stirring that pot. Not a Matt Canada fan. No. That big Ben Roethlisberger. And the prior episode when he was sort of giving a preview about the Colts and he wanted to give Matt Canada some pointers. I'd still like to see more shots. Yeah. Take the shots. If you have one-on-one, which I've had some really big games against the Colts. I'm sure they've changed their defense since then. But but <laughs> if you have a chance outside, take the shot. Take the throw down the field. Block it up. Get the ball down the field. Um, just lead block the tight it up. end in. Lead the back in to give you a little bit more of a max pro. Um, just so you can take that shot. Um, I'd like to get Pat more involved. Yeah. Um, I'd like to get Deontay more involved, which obviously is the passing game, but um, whatever that is, I, and not and, and I don't mean that in like a jet sweep kind of way. <laughs> what you don't like the jet sweep, dude? I don't like getting those guys involved in the jet sweep. Get oh, the ball down the field. You want to throw your ball to the re- to the receivers the is what you're saying. Yeah, when I played the Colts, Vontae Davis was their corner. I think their yeah. personnel has changed since <laughs> the then. Defense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a different defense now. Yeah. What what's crazier? Someone letting Ben Roethlisberger call their plays on offense or Jeff Saturday being hired as a head coach. Like it's would it be cra- it would be crazier to let this guy come in and call your plays, wouldn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Like he gets somebody hurt real fast. Yeah, at least in Saturday's case, he's got former NFL head coaches on his staff, guys that are competent. Like the the hire was weird, but there's some people there's some paywalls. There's some so buffers to speak. there. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, Whereas if you just let him come in cold, yeah. sit up in the box, he might put himself in the game well, at some point. Let's try and squeeze in one more cut. Marquise Pouncey, he's been retired for a couple years. Of course, Big Ben just retired following last season. Marquise doesn't like watching the Steelers without Ben. It's hard watching this team without, without you out there. I'm not going to lie. And maybe I'm just being selfish that I played with you so long, but like it, it is very, very hard. What was that first game like? It was weird. I, I didn't watch the whole game. No? No. I can, how can you? Like That's how like, I felt when you retired. I was like, me too. Because oh, I was like, yo, 753. I couldn't watch either. I was like, I couldn't watch the first game that you were not Because you had KG wearing your same number. <laughs> yeah, that's so hard. I felt, bro, trust so me. Hard. Ben, ben, you, y'all know Ben was the last one to hit me up. I thought I was going to get you to and come I was back. Sitting- KG was the center that took over at Kendrick Green. Remember yeah, how he yeah. would do a lot of shots at him last year? Oh, yeah. So that he struggled. Did. Yes, yes, he did. And, uh, and last- technically, Pouncey did not watch the games when Ben played because he played the games. Well, no, no, he retired. I, I know, I, I, I know. Yeah. It's a one-year game, but come on. 
And there was a controversy when Ben was hurt. What was this, 2019? Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph, and Marquise Pouncey had to step in when that fight happened. And Pouncey wished it was Ben instead of Mason Rudolph. Everybody, bro, I wish it was Ben because it cost me a lot of money. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It made me, it made me legendary. Like, don't get me wrong, but it, it, that, that was a expensive fight. <laughs> but, like, so, the rest of my fights in my life didn't cost that much. <laughs> That's the greatest response. <laughs> <laughs> I've been cool paying all that money for Ben. I don't understand what... what I don't know what has he, happened there. He wished that Miles Garrett slammed his helmet into Ben. He's, he's saying because he got fined there. He'd rather it have been Ben that he was protecting. Oh, instead of Mason. Mason Rudolph. Who he doesn't care about. Jeez. Yes, he does not care. I about should have just let him get his face bashed <laughs> in with a helmet. Dang. Coming up next Football. here on the program. Yeah, that that is. there's gold in them hills. Uh, we will check in on them again in the near future. T-Bone is heading to the castle where he will quiz John Harbaugh on their on their two-minute half-and-game defenses. <laughs> you got to give him at least one multiple yeah, choice. Yeah, one multiple choice question would be good. <laughs> I have four choices, Coach. Yeah. Uh, but coming up next, one of our favorite – it's one of our favorite segments, and the, the fans love it too. It's Stone Cold Facts. That's next here on The Fan. Inside. 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 Access with Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 